What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome to another edition of Supernatural Station. I'm your host, Roman Daniels, and joined with me is my brother, Jaron Daniels. So you're the host with the most, and I'm the guest with the best. Um, Very best. Thank you. (laughs) So we actually um, wanted to do a show, kind of a mixed show this time. So we're going to talk some, we're going to have some stories and stuff. I think my brother has some tricks up his sleeve that he hasn't shared with me as far as what he's going to be talking about on this show. But um, we kind of wanted to start this show talking about our experience that we had at Phenomicon. We went to uh, Vernal, Utah this last weekend, and we had a hotel, and we stayed for uh, Saturday at Phenomicon and attended the you know the convention, and it was such a fun experience. So we really wanted to kind of share with our, our, our audience, you know, how fun that was and just, uh, you know, kind of go into the experience. Well, and here's the crazy part, Kay. I mean, we started back in March, I think it was, that I saw, I was listening to Sasquatch Chronicles. Um, shout out to Wes Germer and Sasquatch Chronicles. They're great. Um, we'll get into that as we, you know, we're at Phenomicon too with that whole thing. But um, back in March, I heard him say, "Hey, I'm going to be down in Vernal, Utah, the Phenomicon," and I got so excited because he's one of those guys we've sort of looked up to with the podcast world. And I know he always says, "I'm just a human, I'm just a regular guy," and I love that he says that. But yeah, he's, he's really humble. I mean, he's definitely changed the game for a lot of people, and um, just a, it's a huge open avenue for people to communicate their stories, their situations they've been through that are very difficult to talk about because it's just so taboo right it's just so weird that right and they probably can't even wrap their own minds around what happened to them you know and so trying to get that out on on words and explain what happened to them is really really difficult i'm sure yeah so i heard him talking about i'm gonna be down in vernal i was like oh roman we gotta go we gotta go i start i started texting roman like hey um i'm gonna get these phenomenon tickets let's get over there not just to you know meet people and stuff but also just i mean we just want to get in that world a little bit we're already here we're just trying to you know mingle and stuff so yeah you know it's really fun to surround yourself with people that are like-minded you know that share um enthusiasm for these type of topics and have stories to tell like that was one of the cool things too is just like you know talking to people about like their thoughts on these phenomenons and you know it was just really really cool it was really cool to to be surrounded by people like that that are you know i think accepting of the idea that there's more to this world than you know than meets the eye yeah well what happened is i was like okay phenomenon i look it up sweet wes isn't even on the list so i guess he's just going is what it sounded like yeah and i kept i kept telling my brother i'm like are you sure he's going because he's like yeah he's going for sure i'm like he's not on the website it's like the secret guest thing yeah on the website you know, and then we had another surprise yeah. guest that wasn't on the website, which we'll go into that too. But. but I mean, it was one of those things I saw that he wasn't on there, but I'm like, hey, look at all the people on here, Roman. And I was showing him and it was, I mean, we watch Secrets to Skinwalker Ranch so much all the time. Like every time a season comes out, we're so into it. And like Travis with his cool, you know, um, Arkansas accent and like all those guys, you're just so cool and, and so smart. And the things that they're unearthing over there is just, uh, it's just so unique to this world right now where people are more open to it and stuff. So when I saw that they were all going to be there, I was like, dang, we really need to go. So I literally just put it on a credit, part of it on a credit card, paid for the rest, got the hotel set up. And then that was like six months later that we were able to get over there, right? Which is last weekend. And um, yeah, we just had the the best time of our lives. Like it was so much fun. It was pretty cool because it was like, you know, we, we've gone to like Fan X and, you know, other, uh, you know, comic conventions and things like that. But 
those are on such a large scale. This was a little bit more intimate, which I thought was super cool about it. Like you could just walk around and literally just walk right up to vendors, right up to the guests that are there and, and literally just open up a conversation and, and have that time with them as well. Like it's, you know, we actually could sit and chat with some of our, you know, some of our heroes, like some of the people that we really look up to that were actually there, like Wes Germer. You know, yeah, like so here's what happened. I, I looked through the window after we got our, you know, badges and stuff and I'm like, wow, Wes is literally right there. Like you could see him from inside the window and he was just at his booth and it was a small booth. And, and I got to tell you, when I saw him, I was, I, I literally got these nerves start going. I'm like, dude, he is right here. Like the guy that I've been listening to like every week, you know, and it just, it, I, I just uh, kind of got a little bit nervous, you know, yeah, to, fan, we were fangirling and then I, I tried to like, okay, I'm going to center myself and, uh, you know, he's a regular guy, super cool guy, I'm sure. And we just, and then we found that out, you know, but yeah, the reason, so they had a panel that was like an interview panel with the Skinwalker Ranch guys. And that was really fun. That was at like one thirty or something during the day. And we had a really good time doing that because it just brought down even more truth that they're not, it's not a show. Like it's not just a show. The stuff that they're unearthing is true. And they, they're all confused at what they're finding too. A lot of the time. Yeah, I know they and, like the, and, it, and the people that were on the panel, they, they had, you know, Travis, they had Tom uh, Winterton. Thomas Winterton, they had um, Eric, right? Bryant. Uh, the scientist Eric, yeah, Bryant, uh, Bryant Dragon, and, and then, then the um, other security guy. I, I forget can't his, his name, name right now off the top of my head. I'm sorry, we forgot your name, but uh, no, it was just really cool that all fi- all five of those guys were there. They all like they all just kind of went into the fact that like what's going on there is real. Um, nothing's embellished. They're just out there trying to find answers, and and they it was kind of cool to hear like how even though they've you know they've got um, what's the owner's name again Tom F- or Fugel uh, Brandon yeah Brandon, Brandon Fugel. Fugel even though he's you know he seems like he's got a lot of money and a lot of wealth and stuff and I'm, I know he does but they're still limited on their funds and they can only do so much right and so it was kind of fun to hear that part of it too that like hey this is why we do these type of um, tests this is why we're doing these investigations this is why we're doing this. Yeah. scientific ideas because we're limited to a certain time frame first of all they're only limited to like three months of the year out there you know during the summer season and then uh you know they can only do so much with like big machinery and digging and all the different things and so hearing them say that from their mouth was was cool to kind of get a better perspective, better perspective. on it they yeah. put like some cool things into my mind too you know we're like oh why don't you just blow up the mountainside let's sit, figure out if there is a ufo just sitting in there you know that's been causing gamma radiation or whatever and then it's like you know what and they they brought that up they're like we'd love to just blow up the mountain they really said that too like travis he's like wait hell yeah we'd blow up the mountain if we could but he's like but then what would happen if we we can't put it back and it was the, it was so true it's like they can't put the mountain back and that picturesque landscape they don't want to just destroy if they can do it by scientific smaller methods to figure out what's actually underneath there that's what they're going to do first so right and like you know um Candace and the other Tom that live there year round. Mm-hmm. Um, what was his name? Tom or Thomas? Is that his name? The other one? Anyway, uh, those, I call him Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, we call him Joaquin Phoenix. He kind of has that kind of look to him. But they live there year round, and then I think Eric actually lives there year round. The scientist, you know. And so, if you imagine, like it's beautiful country right there. You know, you don't want to damage what you see when you walk out on the porch to have coffee in the morning. You know, that's such a beautiful area. And plus, like you don't know the ramifications of doing that anyway. Like, what if it does unleash all hell? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's something going on over there. It's definitely something unknown and paranormal and it seems like a very big hot spot but yeah they wouldn't you know if they did that they have no idea what they'd be doing it's like poking a, a hornet's nest you know but it was cool hearing like because the, they asked him what was the most intriguing or the most the scariest situation that happened there and almost all of them talk about this telescope incident that happened in i think it was episode or season two mm-hmm. and i can't really remember it to be honest but they had those really high-powered telescopes that were um operating by their own fruition they were not connected to like an internet source or anything like that basically they they were getting shut down like the what was it like the interior data was getting like deleted right or whatever okay, yeah and they were just kind of like blown away because it was impossible like it was actually physically impossible what was happening there and yep. those guys that operate those things on a regular basis are like this has never happened this is the weirdest thing i've ever seen and i think i remember him saying something like one of the experts came up to him and they were showing him in person like look this telescope's getting power and everything else is not and we had it shut off and it wasn't supposed to be getting power right and it was still getting power and so it's just like a really um, hard projectile of energy into one specific area or something that was causing that to happen or whatever, right? So, and they're, they're saying, you know, those anomalies are something they can't they can't really figure out yet, you know, mm-hmm. but then they brought up the 1.6, which is something we've been talking about lately. 1.6 gigahertz. It's like the uh, frequency, the radio frequency that they keep finding again and again that keeps hitting every single time there's something paranormal happening. Like, yeah. They'll see like a UAP, UF, we, thought, we like call them UFOs oh, still, no, but, UAP. <laughs> but you know, yeah, I'm, I'm just doing that because of Travis. I want to honor what he, what he calls them, but... No, but UFO, like, they'll see UFO in the sky, and then instantly they'll they'll see on the data that they're monitoring, it says 1.6 gigahertz, yeah. and that's, like, constant, right? Every single time something like that. Or 
any anomaly, like they'll see like an orb or they'll have like, you know, data interruptions and then it will show that 1.6. And know? there was one cool thing Travis said, cause somebody asked him, have you ever seen a Bigfoot on Skinwalker Ranch? And I thought that was really cool. Cause Bigfoot's always been a, I don't know, the, the most intriguing cryptid to me because I, I just feel like there's more connection to the human world than the rest of them. I don't know. That's just a theory of mine, but yeah. And I also think that you get a lot more very, very credible people coming forward that have had these experiences with Bigfoot. And so to me, it's, um, it, it, I think that's why it's more interesting too. It's because yeah. you got like, you know, police and you have like people that obviously are worried about losing their positions, you know, doctors and, yeah. and they come forward cause they've had something. And that, that's, what's cool about Wes's show is he's, he's one of those forefront of providing a, a service for people to come through and do it anonymously if they want to, you know, and tell their story. But I loved it cause <clears throat> you know, he was like, have, have, so one of the guests was like, have you ever seen Bigfoot on the um, ranch? And Travis is like, you're talking about Bigfoot or are you talking about something, you know, something else that could look like Bigfoot. And he's like, well, yeah, whatever. And then Travis is like, yeah, we had some, I, we, I can't say it's Bigfoot, but he starts explaining that, you know, there was this like riverbank or something and then it took off and it was at night and they could see the form of it and it was a big They could black, see it was bipedal too. Bipedal right? creature. Yeah. And so he's like, I don't know what that was, you know. And, Could have and been a skinwalker, you know. Dogman, there's so many different options, you know. which Or a rake even, you know, the, any one of those things. I, I, I would venture to say that place could have a host of an amalgamation of all these different creatures, you know, yeah, because there's some kind of portal activity happening there. And, and a lot of people theorize that, you know, Bigfoot, and maybe that's what the 1.6 is, is it some kind of, um, you have to, a lot of people are starting to believe now that there's like a, a wavelength, a sound wave in order to cause a portal to happen. And yeah. that's, that's kind of where I'm starting to lean to as we're watching Skinwalker Ranch. Maybe that's how Bigfoot like comes and goes. Like well, yeah. all of a sudden the footprints will stop, right? Like well, that wolf too from yeah, Skinwalker Ranch. I think we're kind of coming around to that. Cause like you think about it, any type of sound, sound waves can make water do the weirdest things. I don't know if you've ever looked into mm-hmm. that. We've talked about this, I think on another podcast episode. There was that uh, doctor from Tokyo, like that did a whole. Yeah. It makes like weird patterns in the it. water when they turn on certain um, gigahertz of, of sound. Well, and they'll play like classic music and they'll, he'll measure the molecules of the water up close and it's like these beautiful designs um, designs you know and then but then he'll play like really evil things like he'll play stuff that sounds really depressed or really angry like you know swear words and all this stuff and it totally like twists rigid. and turns into like this rigid ugly stuff yeah. yeah so i know that sound is i think sound is key i think that's what we're figuring out i think that's what they're figuring out and i hope they win the nobel prize for this or whatever because this is it's insane what they're finding yeah these guys are like in the forefront of discovering something big i think and i think they all know what how important their position is over there and and like just how close they could be getting to something really staggering you know um and i and i'm i'm hoping and wishing the best for them i I really hope it's them because these guys seem like down-to-earth amazing people like just great wonderful people and they can't they can't give away too much but just so you guys know like when we're at the panel this is all i can say about it because this is all travis could say about it but he said this new season is going to be crazier and unearthing so much more than the last one. He's like, I'm not even just saying that. I know I'm Southern and I like to, Southern people like to make things seem bigger with the, you know, white lies and stuff. But he laughed. He's like, no, this is legit. He's like, it's bigger than it's ever been. Um, so you guys are going to be loving it and blown away. And he's like looking over at his producers when he's saying this, like, is that all I can say? Like, yeah, it's almost like a legal team. Like I can't say too much. I don't want to get fined or whatever, you know. But. So I'm, I'm super excited for the next season, but it was funny because I, I was starstruck from them. Yeah, that was definitely a highlight, but I remember, like, so we first walk in, right, and we're seeing this, it's just kind of a big open room, and you've got, you know, little booths set up, and that's where we saw Wes, and he was chatting with a, you know, a fan or whatever, and so we're like, okay, we'll wait for a little bit, we'll bite our time, and we'll come back and see him when he's not so busy. Yeah, you know? but I don't know if it was just that. I think we are like, we're pretty nervous. dang nervous, like, yeah, let's go so around and get the field of the place. So then, then we walk back. into the conference room area where they have, that's where they did the Skimwalker panel, right? We walk in there, and right to our right, as soon as we walk in, is Meldrum. Jeff, Jeff Meldrum, Meldrum just standing there and talking to somebody. And I, and Colossus I, of clout, again, scientist, man. like my knees buckled, and I get nervous. I'm like, holy crap, this is a this is a, a legend. Like this, this is a true, running the forefront, true blue scientific legend in this field. You know, as far as Bigfoot science goes, and you know how he's an expert in locomo- locomotion. You know, as far as ape and human locomotion. So he's, I was like, I don't even know what I'm going to say to this guy. Like I was getting trying to pre- mentally prepare like what can i say to not sound stupid you yeah. know because this guy is so smart and then right next to him on the opposite side well, is russ is russ accord from uh, expedition bigfoot the yep. huge marine looking buff guy man and uh, in he's person, bigger in he's person. huge just huge and fit and lean he's got his backpack sitting there the one that he carries on the show with a little bigfoot toy attached to it you know a little action figure and i'm just again starstruck i'm like dude what am i gonna say to this guy you know and didn't just, we 
Didn't we um, opt to talk to Russ first? Yeah, which we was pretty intense. First, I he, think. Well, it's because he was the only one that was not busy with somebody, and we're like, "Oh, okay, here, I guess here's our moment, right?" And so, it was kind of awkward because he looks at us and we look at him, and we kind of look at each other, and then we're like, "Hey, how's it going?" Right. <laughs> we had we had our um, our shirts on that had our you know uh, uh, supernatural station logo and stuff on it. We wore that just because we wanted to kind of represent what we're doing, and it was just an easier way to kind of start a dialogue and and conversation with people. And so he was kind of talking to us about our shirts and asking us a little bit about ourselves and stuff. And I started talking to him about his um, experience on the show where he w- had that kind of blind set up. It was up on a hill and it was hidden, like looked very that camouflaged. So cool. And if you remember on the show, I don't remember, I think it was season three, maybe season two, for all those who have watched it, he's sitting in there and, and something comes up to his blind, like walks by Peedley, comes up to his blind at night and he gets scared. Like you can tell Russ actually got a little bit nervous you know that there was something out there walking and i asked him about that and he's he's like yeah you know that was one of the scariest moments on the show for me like I, he's like i'll never forget that moment you know and it was coming and he's like that thing had heavy footsteps like it shook the ground beneath me you know mm-hmm. as it was walking up and it just walked up on us stopped for a little bit and then walked away you know and that's just a kind of a common thing with these sasquatch creatures it seems just so very curious about what we're doing you know in their environments and but stuff. it's weird because it's a blind that's hidden with camouflage so like it makes me wonder about bigfoot like can they see through heat signature or something right. like predator or something you know right it's like how did he know they were in that blind maybe he was watching them from far away or something but what i can say is the situation because uh, we asked him we're like hey you know how do you feel about bigfoot like this and this and that and he was just like i'm a hard critic and I was like, that's so cool to hear from somebody that's on this show because everybody thinks, oh, these shows are fake, this and this and that. But you heard it from the horse's mouth. He was like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a critic. I'm a hard critic. You have to be, you know, I have to be hard pressed to see what it is to really under, to really agree with what I'm seeing, you know. And I think that's really cool. So he, he wasn't willing to admit that some of the stuff that we caught, they caught on camera was a Bigfoot. But he was like, yeah, it wasn't something that was part of our crew. And it wasn't a bear from what we could tell, so, you know. Right, yeah, because he said he saw that that something out in the woods, right? He said he had, like, a little, little bit of a visual sighting, but it wasn't so clear that he could actually tell it was, like, a Sasquatch or anything, right? And so he wasn't going on the limb to even say it was a Sasquatch with us, even. And I thought that was pretty cool. You know, these guys, that's what was cool. That was another really cool thing about it, is it's not a bunch of kooks talking about all this random weird stuff, like you would imagine, like, an alien uh, convention might be, or UFO convention or something. This was, like down-to-earth guys just like saying i don't know what's going on out there but it's it's interesting yeah we were more excited than them a lot of the time because we're like what are you guys seeing out there and this and that and they were just like yeah it's intriguing it's crazy but i know they've been doing this a long time to where they're just like i still don't know and i wish i knew so they're just kind of like in their heads about it i'm sure like what is this Yep, and so we and then we had a moment to when we got to start talking to Jeff Meldrum. You know, he had a kind of a group sitting there chatting with him for a while. It was like a husband and wife, and they they just seemed to be really vibing with him, and they had a lot of questions and stuff for him. But eventually, when we had our time with him, it was really cool, and he took a photo with us, and just just a wealth of knowledge. I wish I could have sat, I could sit and talk with him for hours, you know, because not only is he um, just a genuine nice guy, he seems like a family member in some ways, because I've seen him so much, you know, on on shows and movies and heard him so many times and stuff that he just kind of seems like so familiar but he also just has so much to say and so much knowledge just up in that that bank of his mind you know and I'm I'm like how do you keep all that stuff in there you know it's just crazy yeah it's funny because you know I was sitting there we're looking at his booth and everything I'm like I said Sasquatch is probably my most intriguing cryptid so and of course Jeff Meldrum like Colossus of Clout you know this guy's doing so much for the environment for the for the world uh, when it comes to this topic we're all like, this one guy that was talking to him was like, are you guys going to buy something? I'm like, no, we're just tooling around. We're hanging around because we just wanted to talk to him, you know? And then all of a sudden I see his book and we're looking at it and I'm like, I'm buying this book right now. Yeah. So for those that don't know, it's called Sasquatch Legend Meets Science by Jeff Meldrum. And it looks like my brother's like one quarter of the way through it. So he's on page 29 or something like that. Super cool. Yeah. But it's, it's a pretty thick book and it's, it's got pictures in it, but um, just a lot of just, I think it's got stories in it. It's got a lot of track footprint information a lot of locomotion information a lot of ape information it's just really cool so i'd I'd say if you guys can find that book pick it up online on amazon maybe or and it's cool because it talks about his journey to to finding sasquatch himself and like the stuff that he found along the way and he's very critical mind too you know very science-based and so a lot of the stuff he talks about in here is really cool because it's like this one guy comes you know he's going to meet this one gentleman i can't remember what his name is right now for some reason so it's paul something paul bremen i think Paul Freeman. Paul Freeman. Yeah. Paul Freeman has that famous video that was a YouTube. uh, It's on YouTube. You can probably find it. But it was this um, 
video that came out of the 90s, like 96 or 94, or some, somewhere in that range. And it was that Bigfoot where he goes, oh, there he goes. Remember okay, that guy? Okay, cool. and, and that guy, all of a sudden you see his Bigfoot just start walking. And this was in the Blue Mountains. So, so it's up in, you know, in the south. And that this thing, this big Bigfoot just stands up and walks across the, the way. And he's filming. You can hear Paul Freeman shaking. You know, you can hear his voice. He's like, whoa, there he goes, you know. And it's just a cool video. And it, to me, it's real. To I me, love that you legit. have the wealth, wealth of knowledge because I didn't even know the Blue Ridge situation, the Walla Walla Bigfoot. Right. I only learned about this from this book. And Roman's you know, over here. I listen here. to a lot of... Uh, uh, Cliff and Bobo's podcast, Bigfoot and Beyond, and they they those guys have a lot of knowledge too. Oh, so they it's do. fun. So I I'm starting to retain some of it, but a lot of this stuff goes over my head. You know, I'm not surprised you knew it basically, but it was crazy because you know he he goes to Paul Freeman's house uh, mm-hmm. ranch wherever mm-hmm. that they found that, and he he got the opportunity to do that when he was young. Like you know, this is when he first getting involved into it, and he got the mantle from the the guy Paul uh, Krantz, George Krantz, that he was learning from. Mm-hmm. And so they go over there, and you know this and that. And by so, by the way, Meldrum is like the new Krantz. Yeah, he got all of his um, track, all of his uh, prints, and basically took over the mantle, is what he said in the book. But it's crazy because they go over there. He's like, "You guys want to see some fresh tracks?" Right when they show up, and Jeff Meldrum, he's like, "Wow, that's the one time I realized like he didn't know we were coming. It was an unannounced pop-in visit. He's already ready to show us new tracks." So he's like, "That's cool. He's, he's not trying to hoax us." It's like something he just barely found today. And so they drove through the woods. They found these tracks, and every track was a little different. You could see the you know mid-tarsal break and all the cool stuff. So, yeah, definitely get this book if you're really interested in finding out more information about just the science behind Bigfoot because there's a lot. There's a lot more than you think there is. You know what's cool? I was listening to Cliff and Bobo's podcast, and they were talking about – because I guess they've got a big event coming up that's a Paul Freeman event. It's Cliff's going to it, and uh, he was talking about it on their latest show. And I guess uh, Paul Freeman's son has all of Paul's stuff because Paul's passed away now. But um, I guess they're going to – re-release the f- the footage or something and in, in a higher there's maybe like a higher quality version of the video out there that they're going to see and his son has all the knowledge on that his dad passed down to him and stuff so he's continuing his dad's legacy as far as being a big footer and stuff it, it was pretty cool i guess his son like told a story that like i guess the day that paul freeman filmed that footage he came home and as soon as he walked through the door his son w- looked up at his dad and and he could tell something was was wrong something had happened to his dad like it it almost looked like when someone gets home from like a they just had a bad car accident but they're okay you know and it was like this kind of shake just up like experience lifeless soulless almost yeah scared. and so he, like that's what he remembers really well that his dad and his dad's not that type cuz he was a tough dude that would be out there hunting and doing all these things so he was pretty shocked to to see his dad that way and i think that like for the whole family made everyone believe like this was a real thing right like yeah and, and definitely it look you know it looks legit to me you need that you need that moment to really know sometimes like for you know the bigfoot sighting i saw in logan utah i need i kind of needed that to know that hey there really is something here besides the stories i've heard and stuff so i think it's really cool when that happens and the privilege is kind of i don't i don't know why it happens to certain people whatever right but yeah um, maybe there's no coincidence maybe there is who knows but it yeah, and then we met that one artist. That artist was really cool. He was a uh, he looked like one. Of, he looked like a guy from Kiss. I met the the band. You know, he had the black long hair and the same kind. And his cool boots. Whoever was with him, I don't know if it was like his assistant or if it was his wife or whatever. There's a, a woman there that was kind of in his booth and she was wearing a Kiss hoodie. And then they, we started talking to him about Kiss and they were going to the the, the Kiss um, a yacht or cruise something. a cruise. That's what cruise. It was. yeah cruiser going on. But anyway, he, he's one of the he's a famous artist with Bigfoot stuff. He if you guys have ever seen that Bigfoot painting where it's these two Native American soldier men with like their spears, and then there's a Bigfoot kind of um, confronting them right in front of them. That's his art, and uh, it was it's really cool. So you have to look that up. If and I just don't remember his name. It slipped in my mind, unfortunately. Me too. But he was a really cool guy, and obviously we talked to Kiss. Little did you guys know, some of you might know, but me and Roman went to a Kiss concert when we were like 12, 13, yeah. and that was like their farewell tour. It was like, and, their, it was like their 10th farewell, and, yeah. and they've, I think they've had like 10 more since, you know? <laughs> but no, they're, they're awesome. You know, I've seen them twice now because I saw them then, and I saw them later as well. And the, the one that I saw later was more recent, and it was just bad sound was, quality. Yeah. Even though they're an amazing band, you know, I love... Paul and Gene and those guys, but but yeah, and then you know after that, like we're prepping ourselves now. It's time to go meet Wes, you know, and so um, well, now we've talked to Meldrum, so we're kind of hyped now. Like, yeah, the energy's there now, you right? Know? So then we, you know, we we got to talk to Wes, and that was like such a pleasure to to sit and talk to him. And 
he's one of those guys that like looks you right in the eyes. Like as you're talking, you can tell how laser focused he is on he's what you're purely saying. Present, basically. He like, just he's a listener, you know, like more than anybody ever. I think I've met in a long time. Well, know? and it's weird because it just, he displays that in his show. Like mm-hmm. he'll say something that wow, I can't believe he even heard the whole thing that that guy just said, and then he responds to it. Right. But that's what he does. Like in real life, he's exactly who he is on the on the podcast, and he's really nice like that. He's just looking you in your eyes. And it was, here's the craziest part. Can I, I want to tell this part. Okay, yeah, like, go for it. Yeah. All of a sudden, okay, we're wearing our shirts and we're, you know, hey, Supernatural, <laughs> hey, we're, we're part of a podcast, Supernatural Station. We're like shaking and everything. <laughs> and like probably my lips are quivering. And he's just staring at me like I'm some insane piece of garbage. <laughs> no, no, he wasn't thinking that. He was super cool, like I said. But he's got to get um, some freaks that come up to him, you know what I mean? Because yeah. he's kind of a celebrity. But. but I was like, you know, we're with Supernatural Station podcast and me and my brother were twins and all that stuff. And all of a sudden, he just like kind of cuts us off and he's like, you know what? I think I have heard your guys' podcast before. He's like, um, I-, I know because I couldn't tell you guys apart. Yeah, and you guys and I'm are like, twins right in front of me looking the same. We both had our cowboy hats on and we had our um, our shirts on that were matching. Me and Roman and literally look at each other. Freaking jaws dropped to the floor. Like, literally, Wes listened to our podcast. The best part was when he said, your guys' sound was pretty good. Like, he's like, yeah. your sound quality is pretty good. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is, like, the biggest compliment ever, you know? Yeah, and we're not using anything special right now. I mean, he's like, what program do you guys use? And we're like, Audacity. We- I know that's a horrible impression of Wes. Sorry, Wes. But, <laughs> yeah, we're using Audacity. And he's like, well, I use Audacity as well. And Let's I'm jump like, into so it tonight. Cool. Tonight we're going to be speaking with Jaron. He's from Utah. <laughs> yeah, Let's get a bad impression. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> But, uh, you know, so it was really cool to see that. And he's just like, take a sticker. And, you know, he's talking about Oh, yeah, that was cool. He gave us some patches and some stickers and, and just was so friendly. So friendly. And he's like, you know, if you guys ever have any questions. And he, he actually gave me some advice on a, a sound canceling item that kind of helps your audio match if you have live guests and stuff. So I'm like, wow, I can't even believe this guy is willing to help the lowly, you know, like us. And that's just how he is. So it was so cool. And so cool. Just to think of, an, of a three-day excursion like that, right, to the ex- how exhausting that's got to be for these guys to, to go through that all day long. They kind of have to be sitting in this booth waiting for people to come talk to them. And it's got to be yeah. exhausting, you know, Didn't trying to find you? lunch. You know, how are they going to get lunch? Like, who's going to give them food? You know, when are they going to get a, a chance to have drinks? Like, I literally told Roman, I was like, don't, like, if we just, you know, because we were waiting in line. And I'm like, if he's tired or if he's just, like, annoyed or something, like, oh, yeah. just know he's not that guy. We already know he's not that guy. But he's probably just tired, you know? And this was day two for them, you know? Because there was Friday. We went on Saturday. Yeah. So day but he two was so far from what I thought it was going to... I was nervous he wasn't going to be excited. He was exactly like you'd imagine him to be. Exactly. And, and that was exactly what our other... Which we're going to go into who else we met there. They said the same thing on their show. They're yeah. Like, it was just a, He's exactly what you think, you know? And how cool is that? Like, it's not a letdown. You know, sometimes you meet your some of your idols and stuff and they're kind of a letdown right this was just the coolest i'm still riding a high from this whole this whole situation oh yeah super fun it was like benny you know seeing babe ruth in his bedroom that's yeah. a horrible analogy no, that's a good one <laughs> yeah. that's a good one that's and he's exactly like legends it. never die i was like that was so cool for us like you well, know and you get the advice too you know he gave us advice just like babe ruth you know he's smoking a cigar just kidding he wasn't west wasn't smoking a cigar <laughs> that would have been sweet but, if he was <laughs> yeah he's like just remember supernatural station twins <laughs> legends never die that'd be so badass <laughs> yeah but, um, you know, it's just one of those things. It was so cool. And, you know, and then we're walking down the down the aisle and what did we, we see? So we, we went down a direction that we just, we, we thought was sort of a dead end. And it kind of was a dead end, but we didn't go to the very end of it. And, uh, you know, until like the end of the time, like we were about to leave. We we're getting close to like the end, wrapping it up and stuff. We we're going to go back to our hotel. And all of a sudden we turn and we go down that, that way that we never really went down. And there's Paranormal Portal. Paranormal right Portal, Brent. Brent Thomas and Don, and Don Longbeard. Yes. They're sitting in their booth and it says Paranormal Portal on it. And I see them and I hear the voice of Brent, which I'm very familiar with because I listen to him all the time. And I'm just like, holy crap, they're right here. Literally, there's three <laughs> groups, well, maybe four that I listen to. I listen to Vic. Yeah, I can understand how you'd feel seeing a dog man. Very scary. I'm sure you do. I'm yeah. sure you do. <laughs> and then Paranormal Portal, right? And then I listened to Sasquatch Chronicles West, which we just met. And then I listened to Tony Merkel Confessionals, which he wasn't there. It's too bad he wasn't but, there, but he's way out there in Tennessee. Or and something. I know he's friends with West and stuff, so he probably could would have came if he could. But it was crazy because this is 50% of the people I listen to yeah. every week. Yeah. And they're right here. Yeah. I'm like, oh my goodness. We, we were just missing K-Town and... and oh, K-Town. <laughs> and She's Tony Merkel, you know? But no, but yeah, so all of a sudden we see them and like, and again, I'm like, what am I going to say to these guys? So... And actually, it was really cool because Don, he, he was the guy that kind of... Cushered us in. Yeah, he's like, where are you guys from? Like, you know, what? who are you guys? Like, it was just really cool. And so he kind of broke the ice. And 
I'm sitting there chatting with him, and I wasn't su- as as familiar with Don because I don't um, I don't really watch their YouTube show as much, which I'm about to start doing that now. I started um, doing that since they, you know, yeah. We'll um, so, but but I do listen to every podcast, so I'm, I hear Brent, so I know Brent really well, you know, and just his voice and just you know listening to him all the time. Weren't we just kind of gawking over at Brent the whole time? Yeah, like, I was just kinda, staring I was at him, kind of waiting because he was talking to someone, and I was kind of like, so I was I was focused on Don, so but I, I was could... also kind of like, it was almost like if Jim Harold is standing there, you know, yeah. like you're kind of like I don't know what to say. Like, I can I picture. Don him. looking at us like he's wow, like what are these guys doing they're just staring he's at like Brent. one of my mince meat can i can, can i help you <laughs> right right yeah so but it was cool because you know and then there was moments where you know i was talking to don and my brother was talking to brent and then we kind of switched and i was talking to brent and my brother was talking to don and yeah these guys were super cool super gave cool us guys. a lot of advice as well and just had a good time like literally i mean i saw him talking to wes after and i'm like dang if only we could have just been like where are you guys going to eat? What are you guys doing? Like, you know, just pop up with them, you know? We should have just walked up to him and said, where are we going drinking tonight? And, I, you know I, what I mean? I did text Brent that later, and he's just, he, it was the funniest response ever, because he gave us our email, his email, you know, Facebook, they became friends with on, us on there, so a lot of really cool things came out of this, you know, as far as connections go, but, and friendships, hopefully, going forward, but it was oh, crazy, because... Yeah. I texted him that. I'm like, where are we going drinking? It was that same night. And then he responded like yesterday. He's like, I just barely saw this, but I can drink water anywhere. And then I laughed. I was like, yeah, you got to have some water, but sometimes I need that fire water. You know what I'm saying? And he laughed and he commented something. But no, funny. it was it was cool because, you know, I was sitting there chatting with Brent for a little bit and we and it's just funny the way that conversations with minds like his, you know, really smart guys who have interviewed a lot of people similar to Wes. You know, Wes is more of a listener, actually, which I thought was really cool. Brent's a listener too, but he um, he has a, a lot to kind knowledge. of a lot of knowledge that he kind throw of just out. throws out there mm-hmm. and keeps that conversation going, which is really fun. Them Northern Idaho guys, right? You know? Yeah, now they're in a beautiful country up there. But but yeah, no, and it was just it was cool because I was all of a sudden I find myself talking to him about you know the strange things that Bigfoot does and like the you know the eyes that glow from within like flashlights, right? How weird that is. And mm-hmm. there are people out there that don't want to think about this kind of stuff that that say that that's just a bunch of hocus Mumble pocus, jumbo. right, and stuff. But there's a lot of a lot of witnesses, like possibly half of the witnesses come forward saying that, especially if they have a nighttime um, sighting, yeah. right? And so just those kind of things like make me think this can't be an ape. This has got to be something more, you know, or maybe it's a weird ape that has special abilities, you know, but yeah, uh, but just it was cool that that's where the conversation went and then it flowed in different directions and it was just fun. Yeah, really it was fun so to chat fun. with those guys. And, you know, they were just saying keep in touch, you know, and we're definitely going to. I'm just so humble to be able to see these people. Now, besides all the fangirling stuff, this is the next <laughs> thing. So thank you for listening to all that because you guys are probably like, who are these people? Go look them up. Paranormal Portal, Sasquatch Chronicles, um, Wes Germers, the Sasquatch Chronicle host, Brent. Look up, uh, look up Jeff Meldrum. Look Thomas. up the Paul Freeman footage. Look up Skinwalker Ranch. You know, yes. that, that, all that stuff. All the plugs. Yep. But with that being said, the, the meat of the story, too, besides this is me and Roman are looking at each other and we're like, we're eating lunch, I think, or dinner. And we're like... Should we go find Skinwalker Ranch? And the reason, okay, this is the weird part, okay? So when we were in the panel with Skinwalker Ranch, they were talking about how they've been threatened by some strange people outside the gates of Skinwalker Ranch, thinking that they're reptilians and stuff like that, and they come on full body armor and weapons and all that stuff. Yeah, and it's so unfortunate. It's so messed up that that, that type of thing happens. So they're talking about, you know, Travis, like, I got to be vigilant. This is my family. I'm with them half the year, and I'm going to protect my family like you guys would at your house or whatever. And I totally agree with that. Oh, yeah. There was cheers abroad in that stadium when he said that in the in the convention center we said that. So with that being said, I was on high alert. The, one of the reasons we want to go out there was to find Skinwalker Ranch, too, because we've been well, look, looking. Look, we lived here our whole lives, and we, we knew that it was in Duchesne County. We have land in Duchesne. Oh, yeah. But this was Vernal. Actually, Skinwalker Ranch is closer to Vernal. It's yeah. like in Vernal, pretty much, or near it. The Ute territories. Um, and this would even though we've lived here our whole lives, this is the first time we're like actually made a trip out there. And that's why I was like, we've got to go here because this is the first time we're this close to it. You yeah. Know? And my grandma's over here texting me, is that by our land? Is that by our land? Cause my grandma loves where, where we're at in Duchesne. And, um, it's, it's still far enough away that obviously you can't walk or ride a bike or anything, but it's probably, you know, 25, 30 minutes away, maybe, maybe yeah. 40 minutes, yeah. not too far. So it was really cool to see that. So, okay. So we, I'm texting, you know, me and Roman are at um, dinner and we're like, should we go find Skinwalker Ranch? And he looks it up, and it's like there's an address right for it. It just goes, so, directions to Skinwalker Ranch. <laughs> and it was when we were eating breakfast. That's what it was. And all yeah. of a sudden, I look back, and these people are looking at us. I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> but, yeah, it was fun. And then we – so we start driving that way, and I'm just nervous as heck because of what they said on the panel. You know, I'm like, I don't want to get shot or something like that, you know, and I don't want to cause them a ruckus either. I want to interrupt you because I'm worried with this topic because of what's happened with uh, Tony Merkel's recent podcast and stuff where he said he lost all of his, hmm. his uh, recording. 
they could be listening to us right now. We're gonna we're gonna do a little quick break, really quick, and we'll come right back. Okay, we're just gonna save this. Gotta fill my glass. And we're back. Where did we leave off again? Was it Skinwalker Ranch? You were like uh, scared that we were going to be cut off from all audio here in a sec. So I'm glad that you did save it because, you guys, it's already 35 minutes and we didn't stop once. We just kept going, 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 going. We were like the Energizer Bunny. But um, I think we were talking about, yeah, Skinwalker Ranch and how we put it in our maps and it just showed up right away. And so I'm like, let's just go check it out. Well, you said that. I was pretty nervous, to be honest, just because of the whole... And then you know, driving driving through, like, Res Town right there was kind of crazy. Like, just seeing, you know, just how, like, you know, it's sort of rough right there. Like, there's some rough land and some rough, you know, kind of It's just desert stuff. Like, desert rocky. There. Like, the houses are kind of... I mean, if you've ever been to, like, Farmington, New Mexico, like, I've been yeah. up in that area. And that's the um, Navajo and Apache land. And I have a friend that's Apache, so mm-hmm. shout out to Apaches. Um, but this is, like, Ute territory, right? And Utes, like, Utah Utes, that's, like, our football team and everything. And so I was kind of excited to see the whole Ute territory thing. I didn't even know it was, like, right there, to be honest. Right. But it's funny because, and we're going to get into this, the Skinwalker lore is the Navajo is cursing the Utes, right? And we're over here in Ute territory, and I'm like, wow, right. this is insane. Um, and it's weird because, like, the feeling of the land, like, I, I think that there's almost like a soul over there, like, in the land, like, where it just has a vibe to it. Like, it's hard to explain, and I think that the show, like, Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, those guys have tried to kind of say that a little bit, and they've had other guests on the show that have said, like, hey, this place has something to it. You know, there's a feel to it. We, like, we, so we went up to the stop sign. They have the stop sign where the gate is, and it says, hey, stop. Wait, before you get there, though, before you get there. Okay. We're driving, and honestly, you guys, this is insane to hear, but... It's just what happens when you do this stuff, especially with supernatural things in general. Energy gets shifted. Things get messed up. Batteries get taken. All this stuff, right? And we're driving down the road. We're following the maps, but we're driving, and we're going straight, and I'm nervous as heck. And Roman's like, wait, it said we're supposed to turn around, but it took a long time to say that. It was like we went straight for a long time. No, what happened was is my map shut off completely. That's what it it was. So, which totally reminded me of the Skinwalker Ranch stuff because that's what happens there. Like, the phones start going haywire. All the electronics will just shut off. The data will disappear. Yep. So, we're literally trying to find this place and all of a sudden, I'm like, where's my maps? Like, all of a sudden, it's not showing anymore. Like, it's something had shut down my maps, the GPS that we were using. And I'm not kidding you guys. The road that I was driving down, it's a two-lane road and, like, there's the houses and stuff right there and there's the um, the Ute uh, Justice Center, which is, like, the police station, which is crazy to see, by the way. Yeah. But we're driving down this road. Nobody's on that road. We're literally by ourselves. I was pretty scared. I'm like, what is going on over here? There's like nobody here. And so it was just giving me the heebie-jeebies because I'm used to having at least one person on the other side of the road or something. And so I'm like, if our car breaks down, and my car seemed like it was working harder too, which was super weird. I was like, like, chill out, dude. It was was as stressed out as I was, I guess. (laughs) Soul was coming out of my foot into the car. But um, it was weird because so we turn around, we do the U-turn, drive up to the res where the actual right. turn off yeah and it's crazy because there's like literally like you a ute section where there's like trailers right there and there's a house and different things one that's set up really nice the rest of them are a little bit iffy but it's weird because somebody was just sitting right outside you know a ute uh native guy was sitting or woman was sitting outside right next and she lives right next to the ranch's entrance kind of like it's like right in front of it yeah can you imagine i'm like i can't even imagine what you're seeing you know living right here so it was it was really intriguing to see that and kind of strange you know in general but we pull up to the gate and we filmed it on our own a little bit but i'm over there telling roman i'm like i don't know if i feel like safe to go all the way up here and roman's like just keep going just keep going so roman was super he was super brave about it but i was like i don't know about this and you could see there's a three-point camera like right at the gate and there's a big stop sign and then that's where you were getting it definitely reminded me of like area 51 like you know we haven't been there in person but that you know how they kind of have like those watch points where there's you know cameras and stuff so i had that feeling and and so but obviously we couldn't go anywhere we were just stuck it's a dead end you know unless you have a key or if if you're invited type of thing and we weren't so we just kind of had to turn around and before we were leaving you know we're i was like dude we 
I don't want to drive all the way up here and just leave, you know. I want to get a feel for this place. And so what kept going through my mind is I'm like, what if we see like an orb? What if we see the wolf creature that they've been seeing out there, like a big giant wolf? What if we see the UFOs in the sky, you know, whatever? And Because it seems like there's so much going on out there. I'm like, we, we can't really know until we spend some time up there you know so i'm like let's just stay let's stay for a minute let's get out of the car so he gets out of the car and it's funny because there's a car coming up now and it's a very small road it's like a one lane road now and it's a dirt road going up to their gate so um i'm like whoever's coming up here could be government could be skinwalker ranch employees could be all these different so i was kind of getting nervous the whole time and they drive by and just wave at us it was probably some person that lived right right by there it was funny because roman was you know we're sitting there my windows are rolled down because we're just trying to get the feel of the area and all of a sudden this like crazy grasshopper i think it was a grasshopper right yeah comes flying through the window at us well i saw it and then i just I, and then it disappeared i'm like where did that grasshopper go you know like i was like kind of disappeared in a way where i'm like that's impossible like it i thought it yeah, landed it on gone. my shoulder and then it was gone you know i'm like where did that thing go you know it would have been behind me on my seat or maybe in the back seat somewhere so i'm sitting there looking for it couldn't find it right I mean, in the future, we find it. It's like sitting on Roman's knee when all we're halfway back home. it crawls up on my knee, and it's just chilling Just on like my looking knee. at Roman's face, like all creepy on and his so knee. so we just kind of pick it up and throw it out the window, you know? But yeah. Yeah. But it was crazy. We're, you know, just trying to get a feel for the area. Oh, yeah. When we got out, there was like um, scat that looked like it was cat type scat. Big, bigger cat, like cougar type stuff. By the way, that picture's not on my phone anymore. Oh, really? I took a photo of that scat, and it's gone. I ha- I might have some. But, I don't know where it went. But it was weird because it, it had hair in it and stuff. It wasn't like it didn't look like a normal dog scat or. I other think it was predator because it, it had the hair in it. So and it, whatever it was, it was eating other animals. You yeah. Know? So it was weird, needless to say. But um, what was crazy is uh, just that the feeling you get. Like you get outside and it's just heavy over there too and all that stuff. So And that's going to lead me into... So I totally believe what these guys are dealing with over there. And I don't know how they stay there all day, every day. It's insane. Yeah. And, you know, like the feeling... Because we used to do ghost hunting back in the day. We actually spent a lot of time doing that when we were in high school and stuff. I still remember pretty vividly just the feeling you used to get when you'd go ghost hunting, which we actually went to the Schofield. lower back aches, the yeah, heavy feeling. Right, exactly. The and worry. It, it just feels like drained. The drained. Yeah, you're super drained. Like whatever it is, is trying to communicate with you, is trying to like it's steal like your energy, energy. Yep. in order to manifest. And so you just get drained, you know, like you've spent, you're spent like a whole like day's work, you know, yeah. and it definitely had that same feeling just by being out there for a couple seconds. You and know? I felt like it took like halfway back to, which is about th- almost three hours to get back to where we live. And it took almost halfway to get back to really feel kind of normal. Yeah, I was telling Roman, I, find, oh, yeah. I feel normal now, but it took a long time, you know. And dude, on the drive up, we forgot to mention this, on the drive up to Vernal, there was this this lake on the oh, right side of the road, this and, is scary. and we're driving through, and I, what was that lake, do you remember what it was called? It was kind of by um, Strawberry Lake, but it, it was been, just yeah. a little bit further up. Anyway, we're, we're driving, and there's nobody around, there's just a lake, and on, there's this rock that's kind of like right at the, the edge of this lake, and there's a, a woman, what looked like a woman, standing on the very edge. It was like a stick edge. figure, it was like really skinny. Yeah, just standing on the very edge of that that rock like overlooking the water and the clothing that this person was wearing they, they definitely looked native to me and the clothing looked either native or like asian or, or yeah, yeah, asian like, like old a, chinese slave labor type exactly. outfit or something yeah like so i don't know if it was like an apparition that we saw or if it, was, it was like, like a, only a skinwalker it was gray and bluish color that's it it was, strange it was looking. dark grays and blues it wasn't like any there was no colors really yeah and i was just looking at it, it was literally standing straight looking right at the water in a and it was weird because we, we both looked at it and we both didn't say anything right away and then we said something we said, what the heck was and then that? we both got a weird feeling like that was a strange feeling like chills went up yeah. my spine and everything so so anyway i, I wanted to bring that up because that was kind of i don't know if that was paranormal but it was it was along the topic of the yeah. skinwalker thing which yeah. was weird you know and so that kind of brings me into one of the things i have up my sleeve by the way <laughs> um one of the stories i know we've just been ranting about phenomenon this whole time but i did want to tell you guys about the skinwalker lore and the crazy stuff that happens and kind of where it comes from but before i get into that i actually have a story of a guy his name was james i don't know what his last name is but i heard about him from uh, a youtube channel that i follow called carl the crusher so you can look up him his stuff's pretty cool it's uh still southwest like they do a lot of stuff in in the area we live and he it looks like he's friends with the skinwalker ranch guys right now and they have you know special access to some of that stuff which is cool but james i guess he used to be the head of security before brandon fugel took over the skinwalker ranch and so he even worked this guy james worked at the dallas air force base back in the old days he worked at a stint at area 51 i don't know how long he was there um but that's crazy in itself in of itself but in 2011 he was actually the head of security for 
kind of like Bryant or something, you know, for the Skinwalker Ranch right now. He was that guy back in those days in 2011, which I, is that the Bigelow timeline? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's when Bigelow owned it. And um, James, he had a real life encounter uh, when he was actually part of the, you know, had a security over there and he had DOE clearance at the Skinwalker Ranch. Um, they were told that there was like some noises. I don't know exactly. He was just telling me it was just on the YouTube channel. So I'm just kind of paraphrasing, but there was the Mesa that they do a lot of their investigation on right now. And there was a noise coming from the top of the Mesa, loud squealing, creepy noises, right? And it was right after a downpour of rain. So it was really heavy downpour the night before. And so they had to wait till the night was over to get up there and check it out. So they get up there to investigate the Mesa. And there was an obvious, when they get to the top of the Mesa, there's an obvious two imprints that look like wolf prints. And then there's one just a little bit in front of it, but it was only one. So they were super intrigued by this. Like Like a tripod looking design. Wow. But what was weird is that the the paws were like bigger than the dude's hand, he said. So they were huge wolf prints. And he said what was crazy about that is he, you know, surmising after he looked at the prints, there was two more a little further up and two more a little further up. So he was thinking whatever it was, dropped down, used its front paw to like land, and then started taking bipedal footsteps um, on the top of the mesa. Oh, weird. So whatever it was, like either dropped from the sky, landed, put its hand down like an anime, and then stood up and took like Like that whole superhero land. Yeah, like a superhero land. Exactly. What in the world? That's crazy. That's like a that's either skinwalker, like dogman type of thing. Yeah, like, you know. And it and it coincides with the stuff Brandon Fugel and them said, or uh, the Bigelow said actually. Yeah, when the they Bigelow's had it, they had said there was that thing crawl out of the out of the, the sky in the sky that yeah. they filmed and. Dude, imagine if they have that footage somewhere and it's just under wraps, you know? Yeah. So they said that, you know, there's those three tracks and then the two that went off to the Mesa and then they couldn't find them anymore. And they assumed it was a bipedal stance just based on what they saw. Then they said, okay, we kind of write this off. We don't know what this is, you know, go back and go back to base camp, talk to um, the owner and things like that. Kind of like what they do on the show now. And when they were investigating, um, there was a guttural howl that they heard a few nights later and it was pitch black at super late at night like one or two in the morning it brought him closer to homestead one so i don't know if you've heard of like if you've ever watched skinwalker ranch the show but there's like homestead one homestead two and some different homesteads there right this one was closer to homestead one where they heard this guttural howl and so they get over to this little river that's right by homestead one and there's all these large reeds of plants and stuff and they were inspecting the reeds of plants because that's like where it was coming from for what they could tell as they were inspecting it um they felt like somebody was watching them or something was watching them which is always really scary in itself so they flashed a light at the reeds where the where the sound was coming from and they said right when they flashed the light at the reeds there was a massive wolf looking right at them and it was black blacker than black big massive wolf they said it was taller than how deer's how deer a deer looks where its back sits pretty high up the wolf was taller than that its back oh my gosh and it was looking at him through the weed, the reeds of the big plants there, right? And so they were all just taken back, just looking at this massive wolf. And it leaped over the reeds, just in one leap, towards them. And it just kind of stared at him. And then it went to this little road across from Homestead 1 and took off. So they got these literal cold chills going down their spine. No good feelings. They said there was nothing good about it. And it's not like a classic predator you see in the woods. It was. It just felt so much different. Plus, if you guys know anything about like the area we're talking about, they don't have wolves over there. It's not... It's desert. It's literally... If anything, there's coyotes. Coyotes maybe. or maybe even foxes or something. Yeah. Maybe badgers, but nothing like... Nothing wolves like live wolf. up in that rainforest kind of... Like Definitely the no bears, you know. Pacific and up higher in those rainy areas, Maybe right? mountain lions. Definitely mountain lion country. Yeah, probably. so maybe the scat we saw was mountain lion, whatever. But, like, the, a wolf being that big and what is it feeding off of and things like that, right? Right. So this leads into the whole skinwalker um, idea because the skinwalkers, which we'll get into a little further here, but they, they can transform into an animal. Um, and that's the whole thing. So it was looking at them and basically with fear of giving away what they just saw, they were scared they were going to lose their DOE licensing and stuff and maybe even lose lose their job over there because Bigelow wasn't as involved like Brandon Fugel is right now with trying to solve everything. I think he kind of started doing it, but then there's some fear that kind of set in and maybe they weren't really willing. To, and they had a lot of government contracts at the time. Yeah. So he just didn't want to lose his job. So they, those two guys that saw that didn't say anything further. So pretty crazy story. And well, and I think that's that's what's so cool about, uh, although during the Bigelow era, there was a lot of really good evidence supposedly recorded. We, we didn't really get to see a lot of that stuff, but that's what's so cool about Brandon owning it now is just that it's not 
government related getting you know, out in the I open. think there's yeah. probably a lot of approach happening with him there's probably a lot of government approach saying hey can we do this and this like can can we use your land you know like is it, like they're probably trying to partner with him on stuff but I, I think and I hope that he just trusts his own little private scientists to try to figure stuff out and not really get involved with the government you know because yeah. I think that's probably the best avenue yep but that's a crazy story that's nuts like I wonder if it was like a a skinwalker, shapeshifter, never Something. know what these, like, I don't even know what to think of, like, dogmen, but, like, it's always a wolf. It's always, like, some kind of wolf form. Even the skinwalkers, majority of them are some kind of a wolf form, usually. Yeah. You know what's crazy about the skinwalker phenomenon, right? So, if you know any of the lore of it, or the reason it started in general, is the Navajo group had a tussle with the Ute group, because the Ute group tribe said that, hey, we're going to give the U.S. government knowledge of where the Navajos are. And where their camps or their tribes are in, you know, exchange for better land or just more money or whatever. And so when they did that, the Navajos found out and the Navajos cursed the land of the Utes, which is where the Skinwalker Ranch is, which is where Duchesne land is. And that's why it has that feel, I feel like, because there's some kind of curse. It feels like there's a curse on the land of some sort. But it's funny because the Navajos, they call their they call their Skinwalkers, which is like very normal to the native tribes. Right. They call it a specific name I can't pronounce, but it says it, it translates to with it. He goes on all fours. Oh, that's wow. what the name of the the wow. uh, skinwalker is. That's crazy. And it's that's just crazy. Yeah, and it's just one of several types of Navajo witches, and it's considered like the most volatile, the most dangerous of their witch groups that they the medicine men are involved with and stuff. So for the Navajo people, witchcraft is just another part of their spirituality, right? They see it but as that's like, like the that's like the dark magic, like the black magic side of it, you know. Yeah, and 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 it's sort of taboo to talk about. Like if you try to talk to modern day Navajo people, like they you can't even say skinwalker around them. Like they're not well, they allowed don't want... to talk about. Like they're allowed to. Talk talk about it but they say it they know it it, it almost invites they don't things. they don't want you to bring it up either because they they say we're not even equipped to talk about it which right. is true i mean this is all respect right now we're just trying to have a civil conversation about the situation you know what right. it is but it's crazy because and they don't wear so here's i'll just kind of tell you more about their situation first and then we can get into that but it, you know witchcraft has been a, a part of their lives for a long time like the native cultures right and they do have the good and the bads of it but they just kind of live with both of it and they just try to stay away from the bad when there's bad situations going on but they believe that there's you know powers of good and evil and it's present with both and medicine men utilize it for their powers for healing and aiding members of the community and this and that what's crazy is like the knowledge of this is always passed down from generation to generation through the elders and the Navajos are part of a larger culture. By the way, did you know this, that the Navajos are connected to the Pueblo people, the Apache people, and the Hopi people. Oh, wow. So they're connected to our, me and Roman are Hopi Indian or part Hopi Indian. So it's crazy that we, we have some weird connection with that. That's cool. But they're considered obviously malevolent creatures, right? Uh, people. They're they're literally people that do witchcraft that turn into these shape-shifting animals, which is yeah, crazy like, to think like about. Yeah, it's like the old, like, the, it's like the Druids like the you know the irish druids and 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 you know european druids and stuff like where they it's such a similar thing which makes me believe that it's a real thing because yeah, it's in every culture like the druids what they would do is they would have to they would have to i think i don't know about the whole because i know the whole navajo thing and i'm sure my brother's gonna go into it that you have to like kill somebody that's close to you like a family you read member. my mind that's the like in order to become a skinwalker you have to kill someone who's really close to you a loved one uh the other thing that i think you have to do and he'll probably go into this is you have to wear like a pelt or like um some piece of the animal that you're trying to transform into this guy knows and too much so, and so like you can like it let's say if you want to be like a falcon like sokol over here hey that's uh <laughs> croatian for falcon i get yeah. called that by my croatian friend then, then maybe you wear like a falcon feather on your you know on your person or something to try to turn into a falcon or something but a lot of times they'll wear like a wolf pelt or something yeah. right and then that's how they can transform into a wolf but you have in order to do it you have to kill somebody you love like which is really screwed up you know so this one says it's kind of like that it says in order to become a skinwalker he or she must be initiated by a secret society that requires the e- evilest of deeds the killing of a close family member mm-hmm. most often a sibling mm. after this task has been completed the individual then requires or acquires supernatural powers which gives them the ability to shapeshift that sounds very demonic by the way oh yeah very demonic oh yeah like some demon comes into your life or something and um but it says that uh most often they're seen in a form of a coyote wolf fox cougar dog bear something that's predatory right in nature but they can take the shape of any animal but when they wear the skins of those animals they transform into hence the name of the skinwalker so you're completely right so i think another one that's really common is is a raven or a crow there a lot of times aside from all the predatory ones they're a common one is a crow Mm -hmm. and so i get cautious with crows and raven 
ravens and stuff because especially if you're in like the four corners area because especially they they're weird animals and they're very smart and they can actually remember faces and they can actually um, they hold a grudge they're like parrots where they can repeat what you say and if you ever have that experience like uh, say in the four corners area and it's like looking at you like it's human that's creepy That'd yeah be really creepy they, they're the only animal to hold a grudge so if like yeah. you throw a can at them they'll remember that and they'll come after you the next time right which is kind of creepy but um uh, it says that the skinwalkers can sometimes they'll also wear animal skulls or antlers atop of their heads, which is very Wendigo-ish. Mm-hmm. So there's a weird connection there. But they choose what animal they want to be, and then they can do it depending on the abilities they need for that particular task, such as speed, strength, endurance, stealth, claws, teeth, whatever. I thought they so, could also turn into like people, like shapeshift into a person that you, that exists. Like probably does it, does it say anything? It doesn't really say too much about that. I've heard about that too, like where they can like become a doppelganger of somebody you might know. You but know? it's what you're saying, like the Navajo can. Or taboo for its members to wear any pelt that's a predatory animal right. so like navajos only wear sheepskins and different things that are more like prey type animal right yeah. because they do see it as a taboo thing look at this creepy picture by the way yeah we're that, gonna we're so. gonna post up this picture that he's talking about because that's a cool one i've seen that one before it actually looks like a hyena to me a little it does bit. but we'll, we'll post this picture up that we're looking at it's just like it's really cool artwork of what a skinwalker represented would look like but it says they can take skinwalkers can take possession of a, a body of a human like you're saying if they lock eyes with the human yeah after taking can control the witch can make victims do or say things that they wouldn't do otherwise Jeez. very demonic again so very creepy. well it just it is demonic because like here's what i think about it is that in order to get supernatural powers like if, if you're trying to become some superhuman with all these crazy abilities right the only way you really get that is by like selling your soul like doing yeah. something really bad and then and i don't even think that whoever these things are that are going that are becoming skinwalkers and stuff mm-hmm. i don't even know if they know the truth of it like probably not maybe not all the way but what's crazy is it says when they do shape shift into a human that they're looking at it says instead that their eyes are looking instead of their eyes looking very human they turn bright red alternatively when they're in the human form their eyes look like more like animal eyes Oh, so that's weird. the one thing that doesn't change, um, which is Dude, crazy. That's I'm like, like reptilian wow. shapeshifters too. Like, mm-hmm. I wonder if they're using the same type of powers. You know, like yeah. I wonder if this is like some common knowledge around the uh, universe. And listen, you know? it says that the evil society of witches have to gather in dark caves or secluded places for several purposes to initiate new members, plot their activities, harm people, do the black magic stuff, perform dark ceremony rituals. So they oh, they do dude, all that you stuff. Know what that reminds me of. That look, reminds there's me another of, creepy picture. Oh my gosh, yeah, that reminds me. Look at those bones. Uh-huh. That reminds me of the. That's exactly what I was going to say. So we're on the same wavelength. That reminds me of that. Uh, was it the first season of Skinwalker Ranch when they got into that hidden room? Oh, there was those bones. And there was down those in there. bones in the dirt. That little cellar. Like, I wonder if that was like a ritualistic because it's like a cave. It's like this hidden room that's dark and they know, never even talked about that, that, that but that's probably what it about. is i think we're completely right wow it says that the evildoers will also engage in necrophilia with female Ew. corpses they'll commit cannibalism incest and grave robberies oh my god during these gatherings skinwalkers shapeshift into their animal forms for the go about naked wearing only beaded jewelry and ceremonial paint so that's just kind of a, a little synopsis of how they I guess start out and what it's they like do. It's like the lore but... of a skinwalker, right, and stuff. But dude, that is crazy. Like that kind of that opened my mind a little bit on a few things. You know, yeah. just tying those skinwalker um, ranch things together. Me and, too. What man. the heck? I never even thought about the cellar like bone thing. And also, like the first experience that the Shermans had. Those were the first owners of the ranch, right? The Sherman Ranch. Yeah. Is still, what a lot of people refer to as as is the Sherman Ranch. But that one big black wolf that came, in which is what and, I just told you about too. Right. I swear it's the same. It's wolf. probably a skinwalker. Yeah. Because the weird thing with that was. So it latched onto one of their cows, I think it was. And yeah. It was trying to eat one of their cows. And this, the owner, the uh, Sherman, he pulled a gun and shot it, right? And then he went and it was like a pistol and it did nothing to it. So then he asked his son to go grab his big like thirty out six or something. Mm-hmm. So the thirty out six, he blasted it a couple times. But remember, it came up to him before was, that and it was like nice to him at first. And they even like pet it or something. Was, yeah, like, like it, was, it was kind of like interacting with him in a human sort of way. So creepy. And then when they shot it, like a tuft of hair flew off of it with the thirty out six. Mm-hmm. It did nothing to the wolf. Like, it, it reacted like it never even got shot. But a tuft of hair, like a piece of meat, flew off of it. Yep. And they went up to this piece of meat. Was, so the wolf ran off, right? Well, they went up to this piece of meat and grabbed it with fur on it and stuff. And it smelled like just rotting, decaying flesh. Like, it was, yeah. like, dead for, like like 60 days necrophil necro too, yeah necromancer right? dead body type and then when stuff. They, they tracked the uh, tracks and it went all the way down the river and then they just ended 
the tracks just stopped in the middle of the river and took and disappeared. Yeah. Like this thing got sucked up into the into the sky or something. Yeah. What's <clears throat> crazy about their powers too, by the way, real quick, I just want to get this last thing out. They say that they're able to jump high cliffs and run faster than a car, which makes me think about Mel's experience. Roman's wife Mel, she had a weird experience in California mm-hmm. when she was driving down this way crazy desert road, really close to Area fifty one and all those areas. And she it was California Nevada border and she hit something that she doesn't know how to describe, but it was running as fast as the car at first, I'm sure. Yeah, she was going like 50 or 60 miles an hour because it was like dark and she just didn't want to go super fast, but it was basically kind of like freeway. Um, But in the middle of nowhere, there's just, you know, dirt on both sides, just desert on both sides. And this something, she the way she describes it is really weird when you hear her say it. it she said it was like trying to attack the car. Yeah, it was like, like running at the car. She said it was to trying it. to like eat the car. Like that was the way that it seemed. And it was, she said it was hopping in a weird manner that seemed very strange. And it was, um, it was about the size of a deer and it was hopping and it had white hair that was curly and it had these big long ears on the top of its head like a rabbit. Yeah. My first thought was chupacabra. I'm like, what the hell is that thing? But it's weird because her car did have a dent because it ran into her car really hard, and her car had had a dent on the side of it that was from something. There, um, she w- as soon as it hit the car, it like rolled off, and she looked in her mirrors and she, uh, rearview mirror, and she couldn't see anything. So she's like, "This thing just disappeared in the darkness, whatever it was." But she's like, "I just can't explain to you what what it was doing." She just said it just seemed like it wanted to eat the car, like it was hungry and it, it saw movement, and that's all it wanted. You know, that's not a deer, that's not a, a goat, that's not a um, a, not an alpaca. Because you, yeah, that's the other thing I thought. That sounds like an alpaca Maybe with alpaca. curly hair and like the big ears and stuff but she's like no I swear to you it was like it was hungry like it was trying to eat and it was smaller than an alpaca right yeah bit. like more of a deer like small deer size mm-hmm. yeah or like a maybe a wolf like a large Didn't wolf. she say like a jackalope almost like i always yeah. picture like a sheep mm-hmm. or a jackalope yeah. of some sort yeah really strange so weird. and and we'll have to you know maybe we can get her on the show at some point to explain it because it's a crazy story but but the finalization of the navajos doing this to the utlands the reason they did it is the witch purge of 1878 when the american soldiers were coming through the u.s army um it evolved from a cultural response because so many people were moving across to the to the west and so they were obviously taking um land and stuff which is not good and after the series of wars with the u.s army the navajos were expelled from their land and forced to march with the bosque redondo which is like a fort that they're in new mexico oh yeah um that was called the long walk of the navajo in 1864 so this is the reason they cursed the lands of the utes because they had to go do all this craziness and i guess they suffered from bad water failed crops illness death just a lot of things and their whole like numbers uh reduced in dramatically but i guess they got their lands back like four years later um in the four corners areas and stuff yeah but that's kind of where it all comes from. So, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of truth to it. Um, oh, yeah. Like I said, what I felt when I was there was just very creepy. Um, it had that really weird feel. Like the scat didn't make sense that we saw. Like just a lot of weird things. So I definitely think there's definitely something out there. Yeah. And uh, it, it's it's too bad we couldn't have spent more time. Like, you know, I can't imagine being that neighbor that lives like right there. Um, just sitting in that lawn She's chair. Over there like, just chilling there's on literally the lawn a lawn chair. chair right in her front her front yard like i would just sit there at night like go get a drink and like put like a coat on and just like sit outside and look at the sky you know and like, yeah but at night around. you're gonna get choked out by a freaking skinwalker <laughs> behind you you know slash <laughs> slash your throat open or something like yeah that's creepy well as and i you know like i would i would almost be trying to conduct my own little experiments out there just like they're doing you know because it just it seems it's there's something crazy going on there there's just a lot going well maybe on. with that person but, living right there like they're it's more entertainment than anything like yeah she's probably like, sees weird it's things like TV. all the time you don't have to have a cable contract you know you that that's good enough it's probably good enough. You see green lights flying in the sky and weird yeah. creatures running through the, the woods. Who knows? But um, all in all, it was a really cool experience. It was. Um, the- I wanted you guys to see and understand kind of the Skinwalker lore just because maybe if you watch the show, you'll have a better understanding of what they're trying to figure out over there. Yeah, because we know not everybody's an enthusiast on this stuff. And, and yeah, you're listening to our show, which means you're interested in it and we're we're happy that you're here. And, you know, that's the thing. It's like it's that's what we try to do is we just try to give you a little bit of knowledge. And, and then when we ran into Brent Thomas and, and Wes and all those guys like we're trying to get knowledge too right oh yeah that, that we're trying to just absorb everything because this world is very strange but this is yeah this we really just wanted to kind of talk about phenomenon and then just kind of go into the skinwalker lore a little bit and hope that maybe uh, maybe you learned a little something you know that, that was our big hope yeah and thank you guys for just being a part of it i mean humbly yours is what i'll say we're humbly yours like we just want to i want to be this is a calling of mine like when i'm at work work is just a job 
thankful for it. I'm able to have this apartment I have and stuff and the car I have and stuff. But at the same time, this is a passion. This is something we really enjoy doing. And I think the reason I enjoy it is because it's kind of all owned up into this point right now where we've had these ghost experience growing up. We've had this, all the weird, creepy stuff we've had growing up. I believe it's kind of coming to a head like, hey, now we can have, we can be a, a basketful of knowledge for, basketful of knowledge for others maybe and, and try to just keep learning. And yeah. like we just know that the world is so different than they try to make it out to be uh, yeah. with the media and stuff. So yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, and you know, we, this is definitely a little bit longer show than our usual shows. We're about a, an hour and five, five minutes, minutes into it or so, but yeah, and we'll probably call it, you know, we're right at the end of the show but, and we definitely appreciate you guys listening and sticking it out through the end of the show. And our biggest thing is we just hope you got something out of the show. We're just, we're thankful you're along on the journey with us because that's what this is. This is a journey for us. It's not just a, we're not just putting out shows. Like some people have this idea that maybe people make money on podcasting. We've never made it a cent. No, nope. we're, we're obviously, we're still kind of just starting out, but, and I don't expect to make any money on this at all. And I, you know, in a way I almost hope we don't because we're just doing this just to for the experience for the journey it's just fun to learn you know and, you know and that's what life is too is a journey and that's kind of what this podcast reminds me of it's like this weird ever-evolving journey right and then the fact that we met like brent thomas and you know wes and those and jeff meldrum like it's such a dream come true like just and that was just because we showed up and and that's that's kind of what life is and you guys showing up to our podcast and maybe you'll learn something and carry that on to your family and friends and you know that's what's fun is that's what this is all about is just talking and just more discourse not sharing things yeah, not being yep. like um, under a rock and just yep. getting to know things that maybe are taboo that maybe are true, you know? Yep. Taboo true, Dr. Seuss. <laughs> but uh, the other thing too, like Wes, how he says um, from Sasquatch Chronicles, he's like, if you listen to one of my older episodes, you know, it's it's really bad. And, and it's funny that he says that because we, sometimes we feel that way about some of these episodes. And you guys like some of the episodes where we're like, wow, that, that's cool that you like this one. You know, and it's the same as like musicians. Like there's a song they'll come out with in the back. I want them to like this one, but they end up liking this other one. Yeah. So everybody's personalities are different. Mindsets are different. And I just think it's cool. Like whatever we pump out there, I see it as like a tattoo on my arm. I'm never going to be ashamed of it because no. it was a story in my life at that moment. And exactly. it helps somebody else maybe, you yeah. know, in some way. Not the tattoo, but just the, the mindset of something, right? Yeah. In life. So I think it's really cool, you guys. Um, thank you for being aboard the Supernatural Station. Do your yeah. final thing. That you yeah, no, we... <laughs> We we appreciate you guys being here. Thank you so much, and join us next time. We're gonna we're gonna try to pump out more shows than we have been. We we've been just so busy and stuff, but we're gonna try to get a couple more shows out on average than we have been. Yes. Um. And if you guys have suggestions, you know we ha- obviously we have our our Instagram. I think Instagram is probably the best way Easy to reach us. Yep. Um. Just send us a message on Instagram, Supernatural Station. You'll find us right there. You can find us on Facebook too. We have a Facebook page, and then we also have Supernatural Station Five at Gmail So if you want to send us like a story or something, we just want we want to hear from you guys like the listeners like we we have a lot of ideas as far as shows go but talking to you guys is kind of what our goal is we want to eventually be like Wes you know where we're talking to people we want to yeah, be like some Brent live Thomas, shows where we're we talking to people right yep and so like that's where that's our goal that's what we have set in our minds and so that's that's going to be the future but if you want to be a part of the show like let us know well we've got some really great shows lined up oh yeah then, there's of course, there's five or six lined up that we will have some live conversations with yeah. some good people that maybe you guys have heard of already if you're part of the supernatural world a lot of cool things coming up um so stick with us yep and uh yeah share it thank you guys so much for being here we appreciate it and tune in next time What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? 
These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.